This is the number one showbiz podcast. It's Talk for Two. Here's your host, Matt Bailey. Thank you very much, Gary. Welcome in, everybody, to the fourth episode of our Washington, D.C. premiere week. This is Thursday, November 5th, 2020, and our guest today is iconic voice actor Rob Paulson. Now, don't know the name Rob Paulson, but you know his characters, I gotta tell you. The two biggest ones that launched his career is he was Raphael and Donatello in the original animated 1987 animated Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, reprised the role in 2012, but in between there he he did so, so many different things. Of course, he's Yakko Warner, Dr. Otto, and Pinky from Animaniacs and Pinky and the Brain. My personal favorite, Carl Weezer from Jimmy Neutron, and I gotta tell you, he did Carl Weezer's voice so many times throughout this conversation that I just lost it. Anytime we have somebody and they come on and they do their character, it's just, I, all sense of me being a 20-something-year-old talk show host goes out the window and I'm a kid. Okay, I'm a kid. It's fine. It's what, it is what it is. It is so cool to have him. Now, the reason we have him is Animaniacs. For those of you who've been living under a rock and don't know this, Animaniacs is coming back on Hulu November 20th, November 20th. That's the date. Animaniacs coming back. They recorded in 2019, held it over a year. And uh, of course, they didn't record anything about the pandemic. But Rob's been out there talking about what we can expect from this show. And the the Warners, of course, are aware that they've been off the air for 20 years. He doesn't talk about that here, but he's talked about that in other interviews. So it's just the anticipation from like real animation geeks are like me are just is just through the roof for Animaniacs to return. But the bulk of our interview today was spent talking to Rob about how grateful he is for the career that he's had. And we talk a lot about hospital visits and hospital phone calls and the things he's done as the voice of these characters to cheer up terminally ill children in the hospital. I mean Get the tissues, because I certainly needed them. This is this man is beyond grateful. I mean, he's probably in the list, at the top of the list of the most down-to-earth celebrities that we've ever had on this program. And I have to tell you, and I, I mentioned this in the beginning, so I won't go too far into it. You'll hear the story before we get the interview started when I talk to him. He is the reason... That Talk for Two even exists. He's the reason I know what a podcast is, because it was his podcast that I was first introduced to. So, in a weird roundabout way, we have him to thank for this whole craziness. Now, this interview ends on a really cool note because of a very popular song from Animaniacs. He, we end this interview exactly how you would expect 
to end an interview with Rob Paulson. So I'm not going to talk to you. I'm not going to come out of the interview on the back end. We're just going to let Rob have the final note. So before we toss to the interview, I'll just remind you, you can visit us at talkfortwo.com. Reach out to me at T-A-L-K-F-O-R-T-W-O-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Talk for Two. Subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Spotify as well. You can also follow me on Instagram at Talk for Two Pod, T A L K F O R T W O P O D. So now that we got all of that stuff out of the way, just sit back, relax, de stress with the one and only iconic voice of all of our childhoods. Here now to tell us about Animaniacs returning, our interview with Rob Paulson. Rob Paulson, welcome to Talk for Two. How are you today, sir? Thank you, Matt. I am uh, breathing and I'm not in jail, but the day's not over yet. So far, so good, (laughs) Matt. Thank you. Thank you for lowering your standards for an old Ninja Turtle. I appreciate it. Oh, stop it. You are a legend, an absolute legend legend in animation and acting in general before we get into it today i have to sort of tell you a little bit about a connection we have you don't you would never know this this show started as a ventriloquism podcast what about seven years ago now hang on hang on i'm not there yet okay and the reason i even know what podcasting is is because of you i had a friend um, whom actually met you several times. I'll tell you his name offline. Uh, but he was the one who was like, yeah, you should, you should look at podcasts. I'm like, what are podcasts? He says, well, yeah. I, I really, I listened to, to Rob's, Rob Paulson's podcast. And I was like, oh my God, that's awesome. Maybe I could do something like that. So in a way you are kind wow. of responsible for this whole freaking thing. So man, well, bless your heart. I <laughs> listen that that is very high praise, Matt. Thank you. And congratulations. My goodness, you certainly have taken yours and, and surpassed mine and left it way in the, in the way in the distance. But uh, oh, I'm stop. very humbled by that. And I appreciate your op- the opportunity to give me. It's very nice to speak with you. Well, it's so nice to speak with you. Tell me about this upcoming project that you're working on. Well, are you talking about the one with the King of Hollywood? Yes, sir. Um, <laughs> yes, sir. Indeed. It uh, As many of your audience may or may not know, but I was uh, Yow and Pinky mm-hmm. um, on uh, Animaniacs. And um, that show, I believe, is, I mean, obviously I have a bit of a bias, but I think the show's become arguably iconic in, all the, in, a, de- in a generation later. And a couple of years ago, Mr. Uh, Spielberg, who produced the original iteration, uh, floated the idea of getting it back. And I'll be damned. Um, if anybody can... He did. And so we've done 26 new half hours, the first 13 of which will be launched on Hulu November 15th. So uh, Mm. Animaniacs and Pinky and the Brain are both back on uh, Hulu in uh, about a month. I love that. Do you know why Hulu, why why they chose that, how that came about specifically for Hulu? As far as I know, it's it's simply because they were writing the check. I I do know that... um, let me back up. From what I understand, I was not in the room, but I, from what I gather, Mr. Spielberg um, looks at this with it, the, the same reverence that he does with all of his other children, quote unquote. Uh, that is his feature film kids. Um, he's all very hands on and uh, 
when he decided that um, he would go ahead and work with Warner Brothers Animation and make this happen, he uh, went, there were four pitches, Hulu, Apple, Netflix, and Amazon, and uh, Mr. Spielberg went to every one of them. Uh, so I, I, I don't know about the ins and outs with respect to the Disney ownership of Hulu and why not HBO Max, you know, Warner Brothers, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But at the time the deal was made, Hulu bit and Steven said, okay. And we made a whole bunch of them and that's where we are. I love that. How did it feel to slip on those two iconic roles yet again? Uh, it really is, uh, difficult to, um, Express. I, I have been, by any measure, an incredibly fortunate fellow mm-hmm. with respect to my career and my life in general. Um, I'm in the car with my girlfriend, who looks an awful lot like my wife. Um, <laughs> and um, oh, that's uh, sweet. The, the opportunity, Matt, to do this again with a, a brand new audience that is exponentially larger than the first go around, which produced that initial huge audience of, as they say, children of all ages, uh, with Tress McNeil, Dot, um, Jess Harnell Wacko, and my friend the brain, Maurice LaMarche, and mm-hmm. Steven Spielberg, uh, and Randy Rogel, who wrote United States, Canada, Mexico, Panama, Haiti, Jamaica, Peru, and all, you know, many <laughs> of those other Animaniacs favorites. Again, and Steven Julie Bernstein doing the general scoring uh, who are the protégés of the late, great Richard Stone on the original go-round um, is beyond a privilege. Uh, honest to God, how on earth does it happen where you get to do this again uh, with those people um, at a time in our lives when, frankly, I think we can all agree that 2020 has given the world literally a whole pile of nasty lemons. and. Yeah. We get to make lemonade um, and finish out the end of the year with a big old fat lemonade cocktail. And uh, that may be a bit hyperbolic for the world, but we all know that, you know, we all share the uniquely human um, desire to laugh. And to the extent that Animaniacs and Pinky in the Brain and uh, the rest of us can help that, uh, man, we are all in. I got to ask, did you record it in a closet during the pandemic or were they well done before the world turned off? Uh, yeah, great. Actually, I did. I, you know, when I was a kid, I was an expert pillow fort builder. And so <laughs> yeah. now all I do is I shove a fancy microphone in my fancy pillow fort. And um, uh, it's uh, not nearly as sophisticated as one would think. And I myself, uh, as I said, I don't really have a sophisticated home setup. Mm-hmm. because I prefer going to the studio and I don't really do uh, radio commercials and promos. I, I'm an actor and a singer. So for me, it's better to be with the other actors because they make me better. Right. Um, but under the circumstances, it's not possible. So Warner Brothers sent some gear home and a couple of uh, um, you know, decibel parameters and what we need to do, et cetera. Um, and it works. So I'm recording for, um, I'm recording for um, uh, Warner Brothers, mm-hmm. uh, Disney, um, PBS. Um, yeah, it's great. And I, I would, you know, again, prefer to be with the other actors, but it's nice to not have to worry about losing your job. 
How does that change your acting, your voice acting, when you're not necessarily with them, you can't react to them? How does that change how you deliver those lines in character? You know, that's an excellent question. Um, it it changes uh, for the well. It, the question almost answered itself. Uh, it changes because there is no one there. So, mm-hmm. with, with all these skilled actors, uh, as I said, it's not again that hundred dollar word. It's not hyperbole. When you're surrounded by people like the folks I mentioned, uh, or Billy West, or Frank Welker, or Tara Strong, or you know, Jess Hart, whomever, Dee Bradley Baker, Jim Cummings, you name it. Mm-hmm. Um, they make you better. Uh, and any uh, same with stage work or live action, all of which I've done a fair amount of as well. And acting is acting. So um, when that isn't the case, then what we do is kind of cover ourselves by giving all sorts of interesting interpretations and responses to the various ways. Often uh, it just happens this way. I am recorded after Tress and Jess are or after Maurice's. Uh, sometimes before, but for whatever reason, I seem to be um, in that particular chronological order. So they often will play a select take for me and I'll hear what, you know, how the brain asks me, Pinky, are you pondering what I'm pondering? And then I can respond accordingly with the right amount of uh, pinkiness and say, I think so, Brian, but if Jack's black and Betty's white, is Marvin gay? You know, something like that. But uh, uh, that's how that works. Now, I know everybody wants to talk to you about Ninja Turtles and about Animaniacs, but I have to talk to you about Carl Weezer. Because... Oh, I'm so glad you asked me. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm like nine again. Thank you for that, Rob. Um, my pleasure. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm not going to get my question out. Where did the inspiration for him come from? He's the perfect nerd, the perfect cartoon nerd, if there ever was one. Where'd you, Thank you. And where's he come from? I, I, well, he came. He actually was a bit of a hybridization of a character I did for a show called Goof Troop. Yeah. In the and then they did the Goofy movie, and it was a blast of a show. Billy Farmer has been the voice of Goofy for 35 years. Jim Cummings, the aforementioned Jim Cummings, played my dad, Pete. Mm-hmm. Um, and PJ was kind of this, uh, you know, big, as they say. Husky. That's what they used to call kids like me, Husky. And, uh, you know, I was Max's butt. So I took that same placement and put it a little higher with a very lazy L and slowed it down. And I'll tell you what, um, the, the real secret to that character is the, the really terrific artwork. I, I don't draw them and I don't write them. But when it works with the voice and the, and the picture and the, this, oh my God, it's really magical. And I got to say, Carl blends with his uh, cartoon 3D visage beautifully. Uh, it's a really nice, nice character. It does. Uh, I'm jumping all over the place because it's such a treat to be with you. But when did you realize you could do this? I mean, I was like, you, like you heard me say, this started as a ventriloquist podcast. I was nowhere near the ability to do voices uh, when I was doing vent as so many people uh, in and out of vent and, and animation voice work can do. When did you realize that you could really play with your voice like you do? Well, I, your audience, but in my uh, youth, my heroes were um, Jonathan Winters and uh, Victor Borga and Lucille Ball mm-hmm. and Carol Burnett, et cetera, et cetera, that crew. 
then in high school, the Pythons and Peter Sellers, a big, um, big hero. Um, and um, I just played around with dialects and fun things like that. Also, I had grandparents from Denmark and Macedonia. So I had lots of fun dialects to listen to uh, Eastern Europe, Eastern and Northern European. Um, and I played around uh, stealing different mispronunciations of words by my grandparents. And it was just great fun to incorporate that in things that I saw on television from Flintstones or Looney Tunes and Mr. Blank and June Foray and that group and, and uh, you know, rocking Bullwinkle and play along and just make stuff up because I, I proposed for the noblest of reasons, Matt. It just made my soul happy. Mm. And it turns out that's kind of how we all get this gig. I mean, it's, you know, that sort of nasty axiom that the first one's free, baby. But after that, <laughs> and, you know, once you get a laugh from your church choir or your parents or your cousin or a girl you got a crush on or a couple of guys are getting ready to kick your ass and make them laugh, you go, Jesus, this is a gas. And then some of us just can't stop doing it. Um, and if you're really very lucky, like yours truly, you win the... Um, you know, the showbiz lottery. And while I didn't come out here in Michigan 42 years ago to do this specifically, um, what happened in my case was opportunity and um, preparation meeting and resulting in luck. And what happens is you put yourself in a position to get lucky. And um, that's what I did. And man, when this opportunity presented itself initially in the guise of Transformers and G.I. Joe, I, I bit. And I'm so glad that I continued my life's suggestion right. and I'm working more than I ever have, man. I'm a lucky, lucky man. And I know it. Well, I love that. You know, it's, it's interesting listening to you because you sound still so bewildered and so grateful. What keeps you grounded? What keeps it from going to your head? The success, the fame, if you can say fame for a voice actor, people know your name. They know your voice. There's very few voice actors who not only do you know, that it's their character, you know who they are outside of the booth. How do you keep it oh, thank you. from going to your head? Well, thank you very much. But um, I think a lot of it has to be, like most of us, looking back at our, our parents. I had two uh, parents who were all four of us. I was the oldest. I am the oldest still. Mm -hmm. um, and um, we were always encouraged to follow our our you know, perspective or rather respective dreams. I think that I kind of made them feel like they created a bit of a monster with me because <laughs> it never did kind of go away. And, you know, I went to the University of Michigan for about an hour and a half and <laughs> left to join a moving picture business. And so I, I can, as a, a quite disconcerting, like, you know, dude, we want you to be a performer, but not that badly. Uh, <laughs> Um, that was very grounding, and I was taught our personal responsibility and a sense of utter gratitude for just being born into a family who loved each other in the greatest country in the world. That that was, I think, because I'm only a second-generation American and have had both sets of grandparents come over here at the turn of the last century. I heard from as far back as I can recall 
how this, you know, we're here because of the desperate desire of our grandparents to come here Mm -hmm. and um, how lucky we were that they did so that our parents and me and my siblings could be born in the greatest country in the world. So um, that was all really inculcated into all of us. But also along the way, I've, I've really gotten to work with the best of the best. This is probably the fifth or sixth thing I've worked with Mr. Spielberg. Um, and when you get to see the best of the best and how they move through their lives, Matt, and I know you deal with this on your show a lot, you, you really get to see empathy, humanity, um, humility, and confidence can all go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, good the best people and, and in any realm have this incredible knack of making you feel that you are as important to them as, as they feel you are. Mm-hmm. And I have experienced that on so many levels so that, Hey, I never took this for granted. And every single job is exactly as you suggested. It's a, a wonder. I feel like I'm fooling them every damn day. Um, but I've had great examples and, and I also had a, 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 an example of a boyhood idol who came, who became my hero as a, as a grown up. And, uh, in Michigan, I was a hockey player and that was the other, only other thing I wanted to be. And I was not, had not of the town. <laughs> so I didn't know. But, uh, my hero growing up was a guy named Gordy Howe, who I, got to know very well um, by playing in charity hockey games. Um, can you still hear me? Yes, I can. Okay. Um, and to make a long story short, I had an occasion to be signing Ninja Turtle autographs at a giant charity event in Vancouver many years ago, decades ago. Gordy's gone now. But I recall this example. Gordy Howe, in my view, and Wayne Gretzky's view, is the greatest hockey player who's ever lived. So I got to know he and his lovely wife, Colleen, very well and did a lot of children's stuff. And one day I was sitting at an event next to Gordy. Uh, and f- after about an hour, a young man about my age showed up. This was probably 25 years ago. And he said, uh, here's my puck, Mr. Al. Thank you so much for signing it. Your hand must be getting tired. Gordy was probably 65 at that age. And he said, uh, not at all, son. I've worked too hard for this privilege. And literally in that moment, he went from being my idol to my hero. And there's a distinct difference. Um, And again, another stunning example of how the best of the best behave. So I have no patience for people who believe their press. My first response is, I hope you save your money, kid, (laughs) because sooner or later you're going to be old news. And when you see how the people who could behave that way and don't, it... uh, it straightens you out real quick. Yeah. Another one who feels, who thinks like that, my all-time hero, because of exactly what you just said, Mr. Garth Brooks carries himself exactly oh, the same way. Amen. And, you know, I have heard the same thing from people, uh, producers and musicians I know who have worked with them. Yeah. And they, to a man and woman, have said the same thing. And uh, and I, I love that. I love that. And it, it, it does so much good for the artist. Yeah. But... It, it 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 is when it's that authentic it a you you develop fans for life because they find how authentic and accessible you are mm-hmm. but 
it also uh, makes your art better because they realize that the person who's who they, they get to know you a little bit and they understand that the person who's creating the art that makes them laugh or cry or buy their music or watch their cartoons or or listen to their podcast is authentic and the people are invested in the in the creation it's not for it's not just for the money mm -hmm. and um and Garth Brooks has every nickel he'll he'll need. It's not about the money. Yeah. Guys like that, and women like Adele or David Copperfield, does 15 shows a week. The guy's got 900 million dollars. It's not about that. It's about how do I make the audience lose their minds at 65 years old? Yeah. And so when when an audience knows that about Mr. Brooks or David Copperfield, it's like you know what? I love this guy because when he sings. And he's crying on the microphone. It's authentic. It's you know he's already got my money. It's not about the money, and uh, that helps a lot when you when you move through life like the people we're discussing. Exactly, and that's why you know everybody knows you for being so engaged at fan conventions, like you were just talking about. But you also do a lot of philanthropic things, and I'm gonna perhaps put you in a little uncomfortable spot to to maybe because I know people who do good things they don't like to talk about it that much but you know not I have I have mild cerebral palsy myself I'm not closed about it and I know you work with charities for people who have severe physical disabilities and some other absolutely. things absolutely how did you get involved in in that in that end of things in the charity and philanthropic work I think again as a result of uh, you know my family um, uh, it I have a cousin who's a couple of years older than I, who is a special needs woman, mm -hmm. uh, and grew up around Sweet Debbie and saw what my aunt and uncle uh, dealt with, you know, to make sure that her life was comfortable, et cetera, et cetera. But it was also a chance to, to learn empathy and mm -hmm. uh, not just sympathy and, and the difference between them, uh, which was certainly cultivated by especially my mom. Um, uh, but I was given a huge gift uh, because the first seriously successful animated show I worked on was probably three years after I got really involved in animation. It turned out to be Ninja Turtles. Now, not only has it generated $6 billion in merchandise and done I don't know how many iterations, two of which I've been on, um, but the opportunity that gave me immediately to uh, to do exactly what you discussed. Uh, that's how I got to meet Gordy and Colleen Howe. Mm -hmm. uh, visiting children in the hospital, it took about two seconds to realize that children all over the world wanted to talk to Raphael or Donatello or Michelangelo or Leonardo, and often they were ill. Often they were on their way out. Mm -hmm. And when that show hit, I was 31 years old. I had a three-year-old son, and it was um, the most wonderful confluence of uh, just um, happenstance to be able to have a little boy who's going to grow up with what turned out to be ninja freaking turtles mm -hmm. and 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 a, uh, a, a, a an example of you know the deepest love that a human can have for another as their child but then to be able to to look at that and get a quest get a request from make a wish or L.A. Children's Hospital or um, Shriners or, uh, you know, the Danny Thomas, um, um, uh, you know, I uh, yeah. forgot the name of the hospital. Yeah. 
Uh, but the, the number of times I said, oh, my God, that could be my little boy. That could be Ash. Mm-hmm. How can you not do it? So then, again, uh, you you see the difference that character makes in a young person and their parents' lives. And, again, I don't draw them. I don't write them. Most of those children never knew who the hell Rob Paulson was. It doesn't matter. The response that you receive from the parents or a child life specialist or even a surgeon will call you and say, you will never know what it meant to my you know, glioblastoma patient that Carl Weiser called her. Hmm. Um, it's mind-blowing, and it is, it is something that you cannot get enough of. No. It's something that is absolutely drives me. And it is not just me. Uh, the reason, as I said, I got to know Gordy Halbert because he was utterly selfless, virtually 24-7 until he got to be probably 83. Uh, it was all about being a hero to people his own age. My father practically fell over when he met him. Love that. So again, you see that. Whether yeah. it's with a check or their Sharpie or just coming in and giving somebody a handshake or saying, are you going to finish that puzzle? It doesn't matter. It does what it does to you right now. Yeah. How I have won the lottery, my friend, and I, yeah. I just I got to do it until I can't anymore. Well, it's what we need right now because a drawing, yeah. a voice, a, a, a connect makes a connection that can get yeah. people through something like a pandemic, can get people through something like an illness, you know, and it brings joy, I'm sure, to the parents to see a child oh. wh- whom they're about to lose have joy oh, in their goodness. life, you know? Yes, I do know. And I know implicitly. Um, I have had, I mean, I, well, hundreds of children over the years, but probably 15 or 20 that I recall very well, uh, whose children have made it some as you know, up to seven or eight, some to 15 or 20. Um, and the parents keep in touch with me. Uh, and um, at various times. And I honestly, the power of these characters uh, as a result of nice people like you giving me an opportunity to speak about them and mm-hmm. the advent of before COVID con of uh, you know, live conventions all over the world, I got to see the depths to which people connect with these characters. And it is nothing short of inspiring. And I love getting a chance to go back to Warner Brothers or Disney or uh, Cartoon Network or, or you know, whatever, and, and say in a Nickelodeon, you guys, check out these photos of these, you know, artistic kids I met at so-and-so. Or yeah. this young man who is, you know, met me with his family, and he explained to me that his childhood was an absolute mess, and but for Ninja Turtles, he and his, his brother would never have made it for through their respective journeys in the foster care system. Yeah. And now here I am with my own family, my two kids, and God damn it, we're all in our Ninja Turtle t-shirts. And this man at 36 years old is saying through tears, you will never know what Ninja Turtles meant to me. And I never in a million years would have known that. And I'm telling you, that connection is profound, Matt. Yeah. Yes. I absolutely love that. I love that. And that's why we're seeing Animaniacs come back. I have to ask as the millennial are we going to see Jimmy Neutron come back? I hope so, because I haven't ridden Ohama in years. <laughs> and 
I I got I'm gonna tell him that Matt Bailey will have me as a guest if we get a, a reboot. Yeah, I hope you do too. Now before we let you go, I'm gonna put you on the spot. You could say no and I'll edit it out. But before no we problem. let you go in these last last few minutes, and then please stay on because I have some th- quick things I want to talk to you about after we're done. Before I let you go, I have to ask you to do what is really kind of your signature song. It went sure. viral on TikTok. You know it. Animaniacs is coming back. Come on, kick it in. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> now, do you want? Hey, listen. I tell you what. You want to hear the uh, the new stanza that was written to include the countries of the world that weren't part of that when the shot when the song was written? Oh my God! Yes, 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 All yes. Right. Okay, so here we go. Montenegro and Bosnia, Herzegovina, the Soviet Union is gone. South Africa, Georgia, Moldova, Latvia, Belarus, Azerbaijan. Uzbekistan, hey, Kazakhstan, hey, then the Tajikistan too, hey, hey, Turkmenistan, hey, Kurdistan, Armenia, Tongopalu, Lithuania, Serbia, Kosovo, U.S., all of the Balkans, Brunei, Macau and Crimea, then Eritrea. Ukraine and Estonia, here's Macedonia, New Caledonia, Eastern Slavonia, Ivory Coast and Cape Verde and Northern. Goodbye. You can hear more show business interviews with the stars at talkfor2.com.